I'm Robbie, this is Chuck, and again, this is Pursuit of Purpose. Welcome to the show, and we have with us today, Peter Morrison. Peter, if you would, just tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us about your company. Sure, so I live in Lumberton, Texas, and my company is Mometrics. Uh, it's an educational publishing company, and we publish thousands of study guides and online courses for all sorts of exams and certifications that people have to take. That is amazing. How did you get into that? So it started soon after I graduated college and I had a buddy of mine and he wanted to uh, start a business and we both had done well on standardized exams and he thought, well, hey, why don't we write a study guide? And so we wrote a study guide for the ACT. That was the first uh, examination we ever covered and it did well and then we did more and started hiring writers and it kept going from there. Very good. That's, that's amazing. So how long have you been in this field? Let's see, I think we started a little over 20 years ago. Oh, okay. So, and from y'all's first effort with the ACT, mm -hmm. how has it expanded from there? I, I presume there's other other. Sure, so it, it started with just a study guide for that, and then a study guide for the SAT, and then other exams followed suit. Then we would offer practice tests. Some people wanted to buy just practice tests. And then more recently, we've gotten into online courses as more people have moved digital especially with remote learning, that sort of thing. Uh, that's become a growing area of our, our business. Makes a lot of sense. It does. Are these courses, are they, uh, there we go, are they lecture driven, such as this format, or is it more people will purchase the printed material than take the test supplement to reading the material? So with the online course, it's all digital. Uh, you can buy the printed materials as supplemental materials, but there's content modules, flashcards that are all interactive, practice tests that are all interactive. It's very impressive. I have to do a fair amount of recertifications, so every other year, and that's one of the models that we use, so I'm really interested uh, that you're here today because okay. most of what I do is I will have to download material and then take a some type of an exam supplement to that material, and so that's why I was curious about that particular format, but I could see where that fits a lot of folks that are uh, either credentialing or recredentialing as well. Exactly. That's that's really cool. Thank you. So you went to college. I mean, you, I did. You, Texas A and M. And whoop whoop. And uh, <laughs> so in school, did you? Was there any particular field of study that you that put you as a specialist in this in this endeavor? Or my college education did not particularly help me with this other than teaching me, you know, hard work and follow through and finishing what you started, you know, those sorts of character building uh, lessons, but not directly applicable to the business. That's, that's great to know because that's something that I've heard across the board in so many different fields is that a college education is not necessarily the, the way you built your career. It wasn't the foundation, but the patterns, the habits that you learned while you were in college were very helpful in increasing your chances of success. Sure. In your own business. Absolutely. I love to hear that. One of the things uh, that I learned coaching, most players I coached were not going to play past high school. Good, good men, good women, but that's as far as they were likely going to go. But I would often tell them, just use the sport to train yourself to be a better person. It's a silly sport. You're just putting a ball in a hole. It's really not that complicated, but what can you test yourself? It sounds like that's, that's what your college experience, in part, benefited you is, is the personal challenge to say, I'm going to study this and I'm going to master this to the point of degree 
but not maybe knowing, but not knowing somewhere inside there was that, that aspiring spirit. Well, I, I think the college education helped um, with the reps of hard work, but if I was going back, I would just start the business and skip college and save those years. Save those years. Well, I noticed that you've got a ring on your hand. Yes, I, I do. I, I do know that you're married. How long have you been married? So we got married in 1999, so 24 years. Is she involved in your business? She is not. Now, she, she takes care of the homeschooling with our children. Uh, we homeschool, and so that frees me up to, to work full-time. So she is involved. She helps you. She does. She yes, is. she helps you afford the freedom to devote the time that you need. She's the primary caregiver. There you go. Very good. Very good. Uh, what's, your, what's your favorite thing about starting and owning your business? I would say the freedom to set your own schedule, work with who you want to work with that's a nice luxury that a lot of people don't have so freedom sure that's that's admirable it's one of our themes yes for sure wealth yes. and freedom uh, for all kinds of so speak to freedom for just a moment if you will sure obviously there's not an incarcerated topic here it's the freedom to or for what he's giving you the freedom to talk the freedom to wow. tell us about <laughs> well, it in that case. feel free to explain to us your concept of freedom you know that you're working on your schedule, so you can start as early as you want, you can work as late as you want, um, and my boss is just my own motivation to continue to pursue, continue to uh, maintain excellence. I'm able to take off when I want to take off. Um, the people that I work with are some of my closest friends. Um, that's very nice, um, and I enjoy what I do, so I, I get to work on things that I like to work on, projects that I think are going to be successful and profitable. I get to control those things. Thank you. Thank yes. you for sharing that. And you, yeah. and you said freedom's your favorite thing, which is amazing. What's your least favorite thing? Hmm. Maybe dealing with personnel issues. Uh, in any business, you're dealing with people, and people have their upside, they have their downside. And so... You deal with enough people, and sooner or later there'll be a situation that you have to come across, and it's like, hmm, I would have preferred not to deal with, deal with that. So, well, if you if you had the chance to do it over again, would you do it over again? Oh, hundred percent. Good, good. Definitely. I would have started sooner. Very good. So, since you started this, and did you just answered Rob's question about would I do it again? Absolutely. So, going kind of back to the beginning, maybe you did have an idea of what service you wanted to offer to what would be uh, either a consumer or just the public at large. Do you, did you have that idea then or did it develop over time and now you can put words on it? So as I mentioned with my business partner, he was, he was wanting to start something. He's very entrepreneurial minded. Uh, we were good friends. He knew that I would be supportive of any endeavor he was involved with. And he went through and looked at what are things that he's good at? and how can we commercialize that and are other people willing to pay us for something that we're good at? And what he came up with was, well, we're good at taking standardized tests and other people have a need to do well on standardized tests and they're probably willing to pay us to help them with their standardized test. And so that idea of we're good at this, other people have this need, we can meet that need and they'll pay us, led us to the formation of our company. It sounded dangerously close like you are you're trying to inspire members of our audience to say, if you have something you're good at, 
that may be tradable and that could be a profit that maybe you didn't consider. I gave a talk once to a class at the homeschool co-op that we go to. It was a business class and I told them, everyone here is good at something. And so figure out what that is and what will people pay you to, you know, in that area and then market it as a business because everybody can do something. Absolutely. Yes. That everyone has a purpose. Yes. And they should pursue it. Right? Right. <laughs> Shameless plug. Shameless plug. Shameless plug, Shameless plug friends. <laughs> <laughs> so um, when, you, when you guys, you and your partner, y'all set out to, to do this, describe the evolution, if you would. You set out to, to help with the SAT or ACT. Right. And you mentioned that you, it, it's not... It didn't stop there, it wasn't that simple. Right, no, it wasn't that simple. And every day it gets more complicated. Uh, whether it's more competitors coming into the market, uh, the market itself in terms of like Amazon, things like that, the, they change the rules and you have to now change the game because they change the rules on you. So it's very different than when we started over 20 years ago when you could just put up a website and just sell something and traffic was easy to come by. Now it's much more difficult. Test your ingenuity. Yes, it does. You have to reinvent yourself uh, continually and reinvent your business. We've done that many times over the years. And that was may segue to another question is noticing those, those possible impediments, or at least you know them now, but maybe not knowing those back then. Is there anything that you maybe would have changed to complement where you're trying to achieve? I mean, there's certain things that change in the marketplace, and if I would have known, you know, a year or two sooner, like, hey, this is going to become a big thing, uh, Google's going to do this to their algorithm. Okay, well, let's start making changes to our websites to anticipate that algorithm change. That would have been nice, yeah. nice to know. Um, hindsight's useful, but you know, we only have the future to play with, and you only have the now to work with. And that's right. That's right. So, are you successful? I think so. I think you are too. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Which is why we're very honored to have you as a guest. Uh, so your definition of success, how would you describe that? I'm content with what God has given to me. He's given me a lot and I try to return it to his glory. And I think that's successful. There you go. Is there anything you fear? With regards to our business or... Yeah. With regards, mostly with the business. With regards to our business, it would mostly be Amazon because they change the rules so often and it's very difficult to navigate all of their rules and the unfair levels of competition that are coming in. I know there's some FTC regulations that are going after them. I'm curious to see how that's going to play out. So Amazon would be the biggest concern going forward with our, with our business. Okay. Um, what are they going to do and how can we react to that? Are they your main or your only portal? They are a, a primary portal. Okay. I wouldn't say they're our only portal okay. by any means. Okay. So it's but, been But much of the U.S. economy flows through Amazon. Indeed. Yeah, so. yeah they've, they've pretty much reached that pinnacle and I don't think it's going away no. so then it's advantageous for you guys to be you know to read the rooms and follow the trends and see where things are going do you feel like you and your partner have got a pretty good handle on that we have a team that has a good handle on okay good 
I love the way you described that. What, what would you say separates a successful business slash entrepreneur from a failure? Hmm. A lot of things. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, are they in the black or are they in the red? Uh, as far as the business goes, the timing. I mean, we we were very fortunate that we started when we did. If we were trying with the same tools to start out right now, again, I don't think our business would be nearly as successful as it was. I mean, there was a time and place where you could start a Facebook, for example. If Zuckerberg would have tried, you know, 20 years later, well, there already would have been a player in that space. Uh, Jeff Bezos, when he started Amazon, well, he, he couldn't do that again if he was starting it from scratch right now out of a garage. There's already Amazon in that space. Yes. And so you have to be there at the right time, the right place. You need to have the right people. You have to have a product that people are willing to pay for, and they've got to be willing to pay more than what it costs you to make. So then what you're saying is you have to be available to pursue your purpose in your season. You do. Because purposes are seasonal. Yes. Right? Opportunities change, windows close, and open all the time. That's very good. Are there any characteristics of those that you've mentioned and looking at yourself as well, and maybe others that you're friends with, to say that that, that these are some characteristics that I believe would be the most advantageous to people to read those opportunities and to see them, whereas maybe others may have missed them, but then you have conversations with them and go, you know, I had that idea. Like, okay, well, what did they not have in the moment that they didn't pursue? Well, I think uh, one thing is avoid debt. Um, if you're avoiding debt, then it allows you to make, make multiple bids mm -hmm. uh, because you're, you can bet small. And along with betting small, I think is a minimum viable product, an MVP. And so you don't want to, you, you want to start out with something that a customer will pay for and is, is acceptable. But it may not be your perfect version of what that final product is going to be, but it's enough to just float the idea into the marketplace and give it a chance to, to succeed or, or not succeed. Uh, often when we have a new idea, we, we may float it out there and the ideas that ultimately have become the most successful had immediate success, even at a, at a very raw state. Whereas ideas that were gonna be unsuccessful from the very beginning is like, no, that, that wasn't working in the beginning and then even when we polished it up, it still didn't do any better. But the good ideas, they worked in the raw and then they worked even better when they were polished. Mm -hmm. And, there, and I, I presume that there are some of those ideas that are still paying dividends to this day. Absolutely. So who would you say is your biggest competitor? Hmm. It's a diffuse field. Um, in education, there, we're in so many different markets. Each market has its own slate of competitors. Uh, Amazon has opened the door, uh, especially with AI where now there's a host of those types of competitors. We have competitors that just throw up garbage and flaunt Amazon's rules and get away with it for the time being. And then some, some you see others and they get their hands slapped and knocked down. It, I don't know, right at this moment, just pick one. There, there's so many. So what sets you apart then in an industry with all of those different nuances? I would say we offer a consistently good product across all of our different markets. 
we actually provide credible information, unlike some of the AI-generated content that is complete trash, but people will pay for it and they have fake reviews backing them up. So we have a quality product backed by quality writers, quality editors that have put this together and the legitimate reviews speak for themselves. I would endeavor to guess that you've never created a fake review for yourself. We have not. No, we don't. That's against the terms of service. And it's disheartening to see others that do and get away for it for a season. But then Amazon inevitably will crack down and, and catch them. But there's, there's just so many. It's whack-a-mole. That's, that's sad for the integrity of your of your business, of your it, industry. It is. And also for the U.S. economy because it's not just our, our markets that are attacked with you know these sorts of fakes and it's hard for consumers to tell what's real and what's not. So sitting where you are in your vantage point, what's next for you? The next day, the next year. You know, I try to take one day at a time. Um, my life is full. There's My kids started basketball season last week, and so I'm about to have a lot of basketball in, in my future. Uh, so I, I enjoy the different seasons of life with my children. And my business is, it's, it's been good. You know, we have a, a great team. I love working with them each day. I, I look forward to more of the same. So you are a person who generates impact with your business, wouldn't you say that? Sure. What impact do you want to have on your industry? We are fortunate in an education industry that we get to help people and we get to help them at one of the most critical areas of their life, uh, where they're making a transition. So they're transitioning from high school to college, college to either a graduate uh, program or uh, some sort of certification. And it's some of the most useful dollars and high value return they will ever spend. Think about this, you can spend, let's say $40 to get a study guide or maybe a little more than that to get a course and that course is, or study guide will help someone do better on their test. That test unlocks a better college, it unlocks a better you know, occupation for them. They could end up in hundreds of thousands of dollars in return, lifetime. Where else can you pay that little to get that big of a bang for the, your buck? It, it's a great feeling knowing that you're helping people achieve their dreams. So you pretty much are having an impact on every American industry and marketplace that exists Yes. by serving all those entering into any field that need testing. Exactly. We're, we're at that bottleneck where people move you know, from one area to another and they, they have to go through these certifications, they have to pass the test, and we try to help them there. Well, that's amazing. You, you already kind of answered some of the other questions I had about your mission and, and things like that, uh, if you don't mind, what would be your legacy? With my business, it will be satisfied customers that won't even know my name. They probably won't even remember my company's name. They'll just remember they succeeded on that test. They got that certification. They got their job. They moved on. They started families. They lived their life and, you know, and flourished. With, with myself personally, I look at my children and those that I have personally impacted uh, through my church, uh, through our, our homeschool program that our kids are involved with, or all the different organizations or activities that I'm involved with. I, I hope that I've had an impact on those people's lives where they look back and think, wow, 
I am blessed to have you know known, known Peter and that they would give the glory to God. That's beautiful. Very. I love it. So as one of his created who's been given the opportunity in life to be a creator and you have not in so many ways not only uh, every time that you have accomplished now your wife and you have this beautiful family those are all examples of creating so so much is is in its in, in its ongoing development which is beautiful to hear now I congratulate you and your family do you still have dreams sure uh, right now uh, I look forward to being a grandfather one day you know I mean that's the next next stage of life um, and really just with my, my children seeing them grow up uh, I love seeing like uh, we were all at church this past Sunday my daughter got baptized and that was that was a special moment we went out to eat so just just seeing my children walk Either you know, not necessarily in my steps, but follow following the path that you know, I've helped lay down, and others before me have helped lay down, um, in in their faith and in their careers, seeing them flourish. That that's that's what I dream of of seeing them. I, I want to live a life well lived and look back and, and and see my family thriving. There are two words that come to mind often as a as a dad, grandfather, and a therapist, and a life coach. And those two words are influence and opportunity. And you seem to be someone who really have embraced that. I'm pulling a lot of your presentation of your family and, and, and your accomplishments into two words, and I understand that. But influence and opportunity, it, starting with your family, which is beautiful in its, uh, in its divine nature. Are there other areas that you find yourself drawn to, maybe via your children and their activities? You mentioned the homeschool, mm -hmm. where you might could say to yourself, there are other places I could be an influence and or offer opportunity. So most of my time is spent family, church, work. Um, there are act outside activities, things that I like to do just kind of for fun, uh, where I'll play laser tag or ultimate frisbee, or volleyball, uh, those are some, some sporting endeavors. And with those, I invite hundreds of people uh, each week as, as I organize these activities to come and participate with them. I feel that I'm very, very open. Like if, if you know me, usually you'll, you'll get an invite to, to one of these events if, if you have any interest. And just playing and doing things with other people, giving them opportunities. I love seeing other people have a good time and helping, helping provide that for other people. That's awesome. Ten years from now, in your company, where would you like to see it? Continuing to flourish, uh, you know, uh, standing up to all the changes in the market. Again, our industry it changes so much that every, I mean, to say ten years is, is a lifetime. You know, if you go back in the 1950s, you could expect a company, IBM, let's say, well, they're just going to be around, you know, for the next, you know, 50 years and doing their thing. That's not the case anymore. You, you're you're constantly changing. So, I'd like to still be around and still be helping people uh, pass their exams. You don't seem to be intimidated by what your industry seems to require, which is an innovative spirit. Because several times during the interview, you mentioned how there there is an evolving change, and right. it has happened since you've been started, 
and definitely you anticipate it's going to happen again. Mm-hmm. And your spirit seems to welcome that. How do you convey that to your team to say, we're not going to be intimidated by this. We're going to welcome this. We're going to see how is this happening for us rather than to us. Well, I don't know that welcome is the right word. Okay. I, I would say, you know, you make peace with it and embrace it and okay. just deal with it. Turn the problem into an opportunity. Yes. Fair just, you know, it's uh, sort of the Red Queen uh, hypothesis or theory where you have to run faster. This is from uh, Lewis Carroll's Alice in Wonderland. Mm-hmm. The Red Queen says, you know, you have to run faster and faster just to stay in the same place. And so our business has to be continually, continually adapt, adapting in order just to stay where we are in the marketplace. Mm. Because if you just stand still, you're going to lose ground. Right, right. You're living on principle at that point, mm-hmm. not yeah. building capital. Exactly. Your marketplace is constantly under its own evolution. It is. I mean, it, in the last year, literally in the last year, I mean, drastic changes. So, very so quick timetable. If you don't mind, I'd like to ask you a little, little different type of question. Uh, what do you look for in employees? So we, we want somebody that is going to be a hard worker. Uh, we are in an education industry that offers standardized testing. And so we want someone that's going to be good at standardized testing. Um, so you're, you're looking for really smart people. Uh, we also um, need people with good English editing skills. And they don't always go hand in hand. Uh, so it, it's hard to find someone that's really smart and also really good uh, with the English written word because that's how all of our material is. It's either printed or it's digitally offered in, in the written word. Um, and so we need people that know where a comma should go, where a semicolon needs to go, and how to phrase things to communicate information. Are you currently hiring? Not at this moment. Okay. All right. And how do you... How do you find a customer? Who who is your target customer? What's your target market? Almost anyone in the U.S. that needs to take a test would be our target market, and we find them by or they find us by through our advertisements on Google, on Amazon, just anywhere on the internet they can come across our products. We have affiliates that help promote our products as well. Since search optimization is the key to finding, are there, cer- is there certain language that someone that may be listening to our show today who sees maybe they have a child that's getting very close to uh, these entrance exams and various things, what words can they be using to find your product? They can just search for the name of the test because that's what most of our customers do. They just get online and they search for the name of the test, either in Google or they search for it on Amazon. Uh, along with study guide or course or practice tests or flashcards and something like that, they'll they'll come across our products. They could throw in the company name as well, and that would help. So if they pull up, like say they put in SAT in the search bar, well SAT is going to show up with like satellite returns because it's short for satellite. Yeah. Uh, but okay, true enough. Know, okay. If you did something like GED, that would be G- more, okay. more specific. Yeah. Good. That's what I was after. I wanted yes. to kind of get some more specifics there. But they could type in uh, Mometric. And, yes, and yeah, you can search Mometrics SAT and then it would certainly very or SAT study guide or something like that. Right. And eventually you'll find us. Mometrics, guys. Mometrics. So if you could go back in time and talk to your younger self, what would you say? What advice would you give? What message would you give? Just if you could whisper in your own ear, hmm. right before you started all this. Right before I started, I would say like, 
work hard, make as much money, and then buy like Amazon, or <laughs> Google, or Tesla stock, <laughs> something like that. Sell high. Yes. Buy low and sell high. Buy low, sell high. But practically, uh, I would say, you know, in my personal in my personal life, I would say, uh, get get married sooner, have children sooner. Uh, I think those things are both blessings, and why wait? Uh, then with with our business. We hesitated to hire people early on because we were we were working from a scarcity mindset. I think initially that well, what if this doesn't work out? You know, and if we hire people, we don't want to have to let them go if times turn bad. And then we hired the first person. It's like well, okay, we we absorbed them and it helped us and freed us up some. And then we hired another person and like wow, now I'm starting to learn what freedom really is. The power of delegation. <laughs> yes. And yeah. I, I love being able to delegate to great team members. That's been huge. We should have started hiring people sooner. So it sounds like the message would be, do it now and don't be afraid. Sure. But don't go into debt. And, and, and we were able to cash flow it where we could have hired people without going into debt. And we, we should have. Were you working in an industry before this became an opportunity and that helped with some of the cash flow? It's like one job transition I, I, to an ownership. I had a job. I had a normal, you know, day job that uh, I was working when we started this, and so I was working nights. Uh, I was married, but we had no kids. I had plenty of free time, and you know, why not stay up till midnight and just work on this new business idea? Mm-hmm. And so that's what I did, and for a while, I was just doing that. And then once the new business did well enough, where I thought, okay, I, I'd make more money if I just worked on this full time, mm-hmm. then I, I quit the other job. Eventually, it became. It took over. It took over. Yes. So, as an owner creator, and Mm -hmm. and I don't want to get too bogged down in that because oftentimes we use language like this on our uh, shows and presentations, and folks can relate that to what they originally believed an owner creator is. But to be a creator, to be an owner, is that personal responsibility that you spoke about quite a bit on the show today. And with that being said. What advice would you give? And this is, you may have said some of these things, but just to kind of put us in a, a little end cap on our, our interview today, to someone to say, this, if I was going to talk to someone about being an owner, maybe you're speaking to one of your children, and you have a, obviously a great influential relationship with those guys, to say, this is how you can own this moment, mm-hmm. young man, young lady, whether it's one of your children or whether it's maybe uh, one of these, these teens that you get to influence to be an owner, to own it, to own your own personal self. And maybe it could start with a relationship with God and then segue from there. Well, sure. I think, I think every good foundation is built on Jesus Christ. And so I, I would start there. You need to have a good spiritual foundation. You know, but it's, it's simple things. And the gospel is a simple message. It's, it's other people that make it more complicated. Uh, but at its heart, it's very simple, uh, you know, we were sinners and God sent Jesus to save us. A business, it's simple as well. Show up. Do hard things. Don't give up. I mean, it's basic truths, but they're hard to live out. It's hard to show up every day. It's hard to deal with rejection. And you're going to have lots of rejection, mm-hmm. especially early on. No doubt. And it's hard to just per- persevere and, and press through the difficult times and, and go for the gold. 
<laughs> to know that it's there. It's there. And that is faith. And, and, and no one said it's easy. And no one said it's easy. Well, Peter, I want to thank you for joining us today. And I really appreciate you allowing us the opportunity to become a part of the pursuit of your purpose. Thank you. And again, everybody, it's been Chuck and Robbie. Thank you all for viewing.